Galnet News Digest, 3rd of August 3309. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we look at signs that the Thargoids have started to colonise the bubble. We wonder where all the people on board the Dedicant went to. We wonder what the coming of the Scythe means to the safety of interstellar travel. We hear the terrible truth about bark mounds, and we're grateful to the Hull Seals for their latest rescue. The Thargoids appear to be attempting to colonise the human-inhabited bubble. Within the past 24 hours, evidence of what may be new Thargoid agricultural settlements have been found on several atmospheric planets in Thargoid-controlled space, some not much more than a hundred light-years from Sol. These shots are from HIP 19870. Other similar settlements, known as Thargoid Barnacle Matrices, have been found in Cephi Sector XO-A, B3, and Triangulae Sector BA-A, D85, and become visible in the navigation panel after scanning the planet. They appear to be biological in composition, and to consist of three parts. There are several white dome-like structures arranged in a ring that may be young barnacles and which sometimes appear to be guarded by revenants. Near them can be found coral trees, which actually seem to be portions of the barnacle root system emerging into the air. They ooze some kind of fluid that can be collected. Also protruding into the atmosphere are toughened spear roots. These may be part of the Thargoid biotechnology that allows the barnacles to push down beneath the crust of the planet and to harvest the raw materials to create the prized magic healing stuff known as meta-alloys. If these are indeed new barnacle sites, then the Thargoids must be planning to remain in their occupied systems close to humanity indefinitely or must at least be confident that they'll be able to come back to safely harvest the crop when the barnacles ripen. More than one-third of the systems held by the Thargoids in March, April and May have been cleared of Thargoids and returned to human control. The effect of the war has been huge, with more than 16 billion humans displaced by the invaders, but now only around 120 previously populated systems remain under Thargoid control. All alert systems were cleared this week, which means another week with no systems invaded by Thargoids, and another week of Thargoids in retreat. In what must be good news for those wanting to collect personal messages from the Fargold megaship Dedicant, the system where it now lies, HIP 19600, is one of the systems that have been cleared of Thargoids, and this should make navigation there much safer and easier. The Federal Intelligence Agency has confirmed that the wreck discovered on Tuesday in the HIP-19600 system is the Dedicant Megaship, whose ownership was disputed between the Federation and the Order of the Fargod. In a statement, Executive Agent Jalen Locke confirmed what is apparent from the video already released, that massive holes have been blasted into the hull, which is covered with toxic Thargoid slime. Locke explained that there had been 8,000 prisoners, members of the Fargod cult, on board, under the care of 150 FIA security guards, 
and that from the wreckage it was apparent that thousands of escape pods had been launched. However, an extensive search of the area revealed no trace of the escape pods, and a thorough search of the megaship revealed no casualties at all. Everyone, Thargod and FIA security alike, have just vanished. This lack of people to rescue comes as a disappointment to the Terran colonial forces, who had been planning a mass evacuation of the megaship. It's still worth visiting the megaship, both to see and wonder at the destruction wrought, and to listen to the recorded voices of some of the people who travelled to HIP 19600 on board the Dedicant. Their testimony is both moving and unsettling. And they are all missing. There's another and entirely unrelated development that may be of concern to those planning to visit the Desicant. The Thargoids have stepped up their efforts to abduct living humans. It has now been widely confirmed that the new size Thargoid craft is a pirate. It demands, in a Thargoidy sort of way, that you drop any escape pods you may be carrying. If you comply, or if you don't put up a fight as it launches its hatchbreaker limpets, it'll stop shooting and its drones will suck up about 25 occupied and damaged escape pods. It will then depart, leaving you, the pilot, relatively unharmed and free to scoop back up any escape pods that may be left. The Thargoids clearly value humans, but it's unclear to what use they put the ones they collect. It may be that they simply need living flesh to grow their young. Ancient lore has it that Thargoid grubs begin their life inside a living host, feeding on it from the inside, until they burst out fully formed and presumably go off to Thargoid school to learn about barnacles and making menacing noises. Other more outlandish and frankly implausible suggestions are that the Thargoids are collecting humans for research, and that they may be probing them at leisure back at Thargoid HQ, or that the Thargoids are training humans to fly their ships or turning them into a zombie army to fight against humanity. Perhaps they're simply trying to find Caleb Witcherly salvation, so they can put him on trial for his war crimes, and they intend to work their way through the entire human population until they eventually realise that he's a disembodied consciousness in a Guardian laboratory somewhere far from Thargoid Reach. From a practical point of view, carrying escape pods can make travelling through Thargoid space much less dangerous. If you have escape pods, you're much more likely to be interdicted by a scythe rather than a glaive. And scythes are A. easier to run away from, and B. don't want to kill you as long as you drop your cargo. If you don't want to drop your cargo, ECM is effective against hatchbreakers. But if you're indifferent and just want an easy life, then the only question is, who should be in the escape pods you offer up to the Thargoids? The ideal candidates would be members of the Black Flight or of Azimuth Biotech, who caused all this trouble in the first place. But if you have an escape pod from that annoying pirate who couldn't believe you made it this far and who was going to boil you up using the pulse lasers on his sidewinder, well, that's an ideal snack for a scythe. If your luxury passenger wants you to detour via Hutton Orbital for a mug and some megagin, 
why not head off in search of a scythe instead? Collect your worst enemies and let them give you a helping hand as you jettison them serenely into the maws of the scythe. These escape pods came from the peacemaker ship the Kingfisher. After all, it's what they would have wanted. Universal cartographics and vista genomics have finally revealed what many have long feared that bark mounds are an endangered species throughout the galaxy. Bark mounds are cone-like plants, fungi or animals, no one seems to quite know which. They used to live in social colonies, sometimes several hundred strong, but now are more commonly found in ones and twos. A change to the detailed surface scanner now more accurately reflects where bark mounds can still be found. There used to be about 6,000 planets with bark mounds now. It appears that there are only about 2,500 left. Their range is now limited only to planets with volcanism, which means that the bark mound tourist beacon near McTurner Base is looking pretty silly on a planet with no bark mounds, whatever. There seems little chance of reintroducing this peaceful and strangely calming plant life to planets where they've died out. But Commander LCU Nofu like one, who's also running as a write-in candidate for the much-delayed federal election, has organised a collection to see if a breeding colony of the conical critters can be established. He has strenuously denied that the credits collected will be used to fund his presidential campaign. You may not appreciate it. But the Elite Dangerous Market Connector is a vital piece of software in the cockpit. It feeds data to plugins like the Canon plugin and the Hutton Helper, and it provides information to EDDN, EDSM, and Inara, which in turn provide the source data for a load more tools. All those tools you use to find the nearest source of meta alloys or to plot a route using the Neutron Superhighway, they get most of their data from commanders who use EDMC. And EDMC has been assured a new lease of life after Hull Seals Commanders Rickson and C1701D, who describe themselves as Cyber Seals, are the new guardians of the sacred code, and they have willing helpers among the ranks of the Hull Seals to test the new releases and ensure that we all have access to vital information about the galaxy when we need it. Commander Rickson explained that third-party tools are vital in the cockpit providing a critical component to our experience in the galaxy. He encourages commanders to take a look at these tools that may enhance their piloting experience. The Hull Seals are proud to be a part of keeping these tools working and to provide a service to commanders everywhere. He also reminds commanders that if they fly a little bit too fast into a planet, the Hull Seals are always happy to come out and provide repairs free of charge and in a friendly and efficient manner. If you'd like to install EDMC, go to github.com slash edcd slash edmarketconnector and click on Latest Release on the right-hand side to see the installer download. And that's this week's Galnet News, and we didn't even have time to talk about cup lids for hot beverages. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. <laughs> 